Spooks with Denzel Myrick and Douglas Skelton. Hello there, this is Douglas Skelton welcoming you to what will be the final edition of Spooks for 2021. That's Spooks, folks. S-B-O-O-K-S. Now, Denzel will be along in a moment. Don't worry, you're not getting lumbered with me on my own. Because this week we've got a special edition because we are talking to Agent Extraordinaire Joe Bell. So this really is a show for aspiring writers, writers who are already writing, but who want to know more about the business. How does an agent work? What can they do for you? So with no further ado whatsoever from me, because you really don't want that, here's Denzel and I in conversation with Joe. And as we said with us today is the wonderful Joe B1, Joe <laughs> Bell. Uh, Joe Bell, agent with Bell, Lomax, Morton, and also coincidentally, both agent to Douglas and my good self. Joe, how are you this morning? I'm very well, thank you very much. How are I'm you? Good. Oh, just the same. Not very well. We're just getting over Douglas's Christmas erection. <laughs> Well, you got it then. Yes. Well, yes. yes. He, he managed yeah, to get I, it I, done. Yeah, I managed to get it up. Um, but it, it, it really didn't look right until I wrapped some tin, tinsel around it. So. Oh, perfect. I, 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 and I must say, when you put it up on Instagram the other night, I thought it was a magnificent Douglas. <laughs> and it, it was well worth getting banned from that platform for. <laughs> <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again, we are talking about Douglas Kettle's Christmas tree, ladies and gentlemen. If you're if you're um, if you're not aware of that, now with us is Joe Bell. Joe Bell is a literary agent. Now, if some of you don't know what a literary agent does, I'm the same. They just <laughs> Joe, tell us what is the you know you you function with authors and you're their guiding light. Tell us some of the things that you do with writers. Yeah, so I think if um, the best way to, I guess, describe a, a literary agent is someone that um, takes a writer's story and helps them get it published. Um, so, yeah, that's basically what I try and do. So work with um, authors across many different genres. I mainly work, well, I do mainly work in the adult um, sector, oh, fiction steady. and non-fiction. Oh, right, okay. Ooh, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh, hang on, not that adult sector, sorry. What say? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh. <laughs> you never told me this. Yeah. <laughs> it's a sideline. I, um, oh, oh, no, I um, thought, oh, no, if I could just start <laughs> adding this sort of stuff into my work. <laughs> One can only imagine the horror of that. Yeah, my imagination's not that good. We know. And so do your readers. Anyway, Joe. <laughs> so, so I do you... not work in the children's side, although the agency covers um, everything from children's right through to, to adults, uh, adult publishing. So, um, yeah, we work with authors and illustrators um, across the board. Um, and yeah, our job is to find authors and illustrators whose work we love and admire and then try to help them um, get published if they're debut authors and illustrators or um, to um, enhance their careers if, like you two, you are already published. Well, Douglas is barely published. Um, yeah. 
yeah. as you know. But but Douglas, Douglas, your question. Come on now, get out of the what? bath chair. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm still trying to, you know, <clears throat> get my head around this this idea of you being a purveyor of adult literature for the discerning gentleman. Um, but you, you know, I, so I, 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 <laughs> how how tough is the business at the moment? I think it's pretty tough. Um, I think actually the the pandemic from from a kind of um, agents perspective I suppose the pandemic has has been um, interesting because people had more time on their hands and so therefore thought oh I've got a bit of extra time I'm not going out to the pub tonight or to go and see a movie I'm going to actually put pen to paper and try and write that novel or um, non-fiction piece that I've been wanting to do for you know all my life and so we've had um, you know our submission inbox has been pretty gigantic off of the back of people having extra time, which is which is great. Um, and then I think the publishing industry is is has actually, you know, managed quite well um, and probably pretty well through the pandemic. Once you know everybody was like every industry, once everybody figured out that they could work from home brilliantly, mm. um, we, yeah. we we all did. Um, you know, and that's from the, the the big publishers to to the smaller publishers as well. Everybody managed it. Um, and yeah, so I think the industry is, is, is doing pretty well. Of course, there's casualties, um, as there always is, but I think the industry is doing pretty well. And I think, I think it, it's probably the pandemic itself itself has probably sparked quite a lot of creative creativity among people, not just in, you know, how we actually all live and work, but the stories that we're, we're, we've all been experiencing and, and, and creating as well. Yeah, I think you're you're absolutely right, Joe. And, and I remember some publishers, it's been difficult for them, and they didn't really know what to do. And I mean, I remember one one publisher describing the the situation as being a bit like Pluto at one mm. point, because they were so unsure as to what was was going on. And um, you know, it must have been very difficult to operate in that this industry uh, when you consider printing and logistics and everything else that goes. And then you had Brexit to cope with as well, and lorry drivers, mm. and I've just got the wee list here. Uh, but <laughs> <laughs> I just had it handy. I don't know why. But you, you are part of a publishing dynasty. Now, both your mum and dad were involved in publishing. Were they not? Well, my dad certainly was. So he was um, has has been was in publishing for for many many years. And um, mm. just as he retired at the age of fifty, he was. Um, chairman um, and publisher of HarperCollins. Um, and so he, yeah, he retired and then um, decided that actually, no, he wasn't quite ready to kind of play golf all the time and still had a lot of contacts, obviously, in the publishing world and still wanted to, um, you know, continue working. And so him and my mum set up the agency, the Bell Lomax mm-hmm. Morton agency. So that was actually 21 years ago. Um, Good so, grief. Yes, quite a few years ago. Um, so yes, and then my sister is also um, in publishing as well. So she is MD of Scholastic. Um, so yes, we are a, a publishing family. And from being kind of, I can remember being very little and, you know, 
authors coming through the the door for dinner and you know we coming down the stairs at night just before bed allowed to say hello to whoever it was and then run back up the stairs again so yeah I think kind of authors and writing and words have always been a massive part of um of our family because you've met some of the greats apart from myself You've met of some of the absolute greats in writing. That's not the Douglas Kid. Oh no, he's, he's, he's having a fit. Is it Santa? <laughs> <laughs> Douglas, you don't audition until next week for Fraser's in Glasgow. Now, you know, but you must have been. I think you met my one of my heroes, who was um, George MacDonald Fraser, didn't you? Um, I'm not sure I actually met him, but I used to sell his books um, at Harps because my background in publishing is from the sales side of things. So I worked at HarperCollins for many years um, in, in the sales team. Um, and then I went out on the road and was a rep and kind of learned my trade basically that way. And um, mm. so, yeah, I've sold, um, yeah, the, the kind of the, the, the best, well, the, well, well, I've sold lots of authors um books along the way from um Bernard Cornwall to um oh. Tony Adams um <laughs> sent a half for an Arsenal yes um which was um very exciting because being an Arsenal fan um I got a little bit starstruck but and 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 Ian Wright as well that was that was good selling his book was great fun mind you he 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 kind of blotted his copybook by playing for Celtic later on in his career so you know we can't quite hold him up (laughs) in the pantheon of great footballers for that very reason you've lost me I've never heard of these people so Oh, sorry, Douglas. You don't do football. No, no, Douglas no. doesn't do yeah. do football. But my, my my dad was actually born just across the road from where the old Highbury is or was. <gasps> oh right. Yeah, he was he was born in yeah. His, the the Arsenal was his team. Yeah. And no doubt, my my team when I was a wee boy, he bought me one of the first things he bought me was an Arsenal strip. Oh, great! Brilliant. Yeah, I was wanting a Rangers strip, and he bought me an Arsenal strip. And I didn't really know what Arsenal was because in Scotland we have a pretty narrow view of what football is all about sometimes. And I thought football strips either came in green and white or blue. Uh-huh. And it was the blue one, but no, he bought me the Arsenal. And I've followed him ever since, on and off. Do you think Kieran Tini is going to be the next captain of the Arsenal? Sure. Um, oh, yes. Um I, I, I think so. I think so. I'm, but I'm not, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to... I'm not going to speculate because um, yes, exactly, exactly. And then I'm going to ask my niece what she thinks, and then I'm going to agree with her because she knows. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> I think KT would be the perfect choice. But anyway, we we digress. I, I take did. this. I take the same approach with many things. I'll ask Denzel what he thinks, and then yeah. <laughs> then I, I I do tend to agree with him. Not because he knows or that he's right. It's just it's it's quicker and it's easier that way. And then you don't follow him advice. That's why you're such a success. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> so Joe, you've done all this. You worked for HarperCollins in the sales department, and then you became an agent. Now I'm sure there's lots of people out in Spooksland who are aspiring writers and you know maybe don't know much about what agents are all about uh, but would want one what mm-hmm. are your top tips for attracting an agent to your work well I think um, 
sadly, it's it's a lot of research has to go into um, your your process before you um, even start to uh, approach. Um, agents. So there's a wonderful thing called the Writers and Artists Yearbook. So I would recommend everybody and anybody when they feel that they're ready to share their work to have a good look through that and um, make sure that actually they're getting in touch with agents um, that fit their their vibe and their book and um, their writing, um, because otherwise it just becomes a bit of a, a kind of waste of time for both author and and agent um and because now most really good agencies have fantastic websites as well it's very easy or sorry it's a lot easier to be able to do your research and investigate um so i would i would definitely start off by researching who you think your book would fit well with and who you would like to work with too because remember it's it's a two-way thing and you've got to trust the person that is kind of taking your baby from you and your words from you and kind of putting it out into the the big wide world Mm, um so yeah do your research first um and and social media is fantastic like that twitter actually is is a great place to kind of find your um the, the kind of agents or um um, I, I guess other authors that might have agents that you would like to align yourself with. I think Twitter is excellent in kind of book Twitter is excellent for things like that and can be an incredibly supportive um, and, and interesting place to be. Um, so yeah, first and foremost, do your research, find, find the, the, the people that you would like to work with and you think that your writing fits with. And yeah, then, the- oh, sorry. No, carry on, carry on, Joe. I was just going to bring in Douglas, but you carry. It's much, much more interesting speaking to you. <laughs> um, and and then it's um, kind of selling yourself and getting your pitch together. Um, and and I would take quite a lot of time and kind of care in doing that because that's what the agent will see of you um, first. Um, so we have a submissions. Um, inbox um, that you can look up on our website and find its submissions at bell-lomax.co.uk but yeah we ask all um, potential authors to send in um, an email pitch basically that would introduce the author to us Um, it would also then have perhaps maybe a one-page synopsis on the story and then um, if we're talking about kind of adult fiction or non-fiction then it would be um, first kind of 50 pages or first couple of chapters um mm. children's is is different but the website has it has it all on there so you can have a look um but i would i would think i would be kind of really creative and um work quite hard on that kind of overarching kind of letter um and and the way that you introduce yourself and that's why the research is important because you kind of want to make sure that you're talking to the agent that will get you as well as, as kind of, you know, understand your writing style. So I think that's quite important and make sure, I think one of the key things is make sure that if you are addressing a certain, certain agent that you do actually get their name right. Cause that can be a bit off putting. <laughs> oh yes. You're telling Denzel Myrick about people getting my name right away a minute. Yeah. I know yeah. all about that, Mr. Myprick, as I was in the Constable Myprick. <laughs> as they had yes. In my... yes, but that, that wasn't a mistake. That was an observation. <laughs> and I must say, Joe, given that criteria, 
how on earth did you <laughs> did you stumble upon Douglas Skelton's uh, submission? <laughs> how on earth? Well, what, what what jumped out to you about I'll that? I mean, t- I'll tell you how that happened. Um, oh, no. Joe took you on uh, as a client in order to entice me. That was the that was what it was all about. <laughs> Right, but okay. that's actually another good point. That is an excellent way to find yourself an agent. If you, you know, kind of what I was saying about building up your connections and um, as, a, as an author and, and doing your research, if you start to, to join, you know, kind of book groups on Twitter or Facebook, um, then actually and, and kind of, you know, understand what other authors are, are experiencing and going through, then, you know, that's, that is another way. Um, you're, you're right, Douglas, you know, we met through, through Denzel. Yes. Um, um, and I think Denzel, we met through Quinton, didn't we? we so, did. I was just about to say that, Quinton. Yeah, I have Quinton um, to thank for your wonderful agencing. Agencing. Yep. Uncle Quinton. Uncle Quinton. Um, so, so yeah, actually that kind of word of mouth and um, is, is another really good way. And that's why, you know, the research, I think, and the time you put in, pre kind of um getting an agent is is so helpful and i i know it's hard work but it really does pay off um mm. and kind of on on the side from that as well i think if any writers are out there thinking about you know I, actually should i should i put myself forward for some kind of writing competitions or short story competitions then yes absolutely i would recommend that it's kind of like flexing your writing muscle um getting getting your work out there um because if you do put yourself forward and you start to win a couple or you get you know recommended um then you can put all that information in your overarching email to to agents as well and that is something that we always look for um Mm. when Mm. when we look at a submission too so it's it is it's really it's kind of (laughs) there's an awful lot of work I, i know that goes not only just into the writing of a book which can take you know some authors an awful long time especially if it's the first one (laughs) um But, but it's then you've then kind of got to do this whole set of research um, to make sure that you, you, you find the right agent. And I think it's really important finding the right agent, too, because you've got to you've got to connect with that person. You're going to be hearing good news and bad news from from your agent as well. And I think, you know, you've got to connect with them on some level and probably mm. respect them as well. And I think that. Hello. Hello. Gone. Oh, you're back. You're back. Oh, you're back. Oh, back. Yeah. You yeah. just dropped Did out I for go? a second there. You just dropped out. Oh, I'm sorry. Just, just to pick up on that, just a couple of things there. One, um, Quentin was Quentin Jardin, just in case people didn't realise who we were talking about, who's always been very good to me, um, along with, with Nenzo, and that's the last time you'll hear me say that. But, Joe, would you say um, that... Uh, certainly one of the top bits of advice for a, an aspiring author is that you have to steal yourself for rejection. Oh gosh, absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. I mean, I think, and and every author that you speak to speak to will have um, a journey of kind of sadness until they get to, you know, being published. I think learning to live with no um, or no thank you is is probably the number one um, piece of advice that I'd, I don't, I'd I don't give. I've experienced that much, but Doug, I know Douglas has. <laughs> yeah, was, I mean, that, on you go, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, there are some authors that have never experienced it, but I would say they are in the minority. Yeah, there are, there are some authors who have never experienced it and bloody well should. Ah, <laughs> uh, the um, green-eyed monster. <laughs> but, 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 you know, we're in a creative industry, aren't we? So, um, yeah. and, and the creatives are, you know, it's subjective. Um, and some people can read um, words that just instantly connect and then others don't. And, you know, that's that's the journey. That's that's the thing. And that's why I think getting a, an agent that you're really comfortable with um, is really important because the two of you, you know, will, will be going on that. You'll both be going on that journey. You'll both be getting as many no's as you will yeses. Um, but, yeah, Douglas, absolutely. I think, you know, learn to live with no is 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 a, a top piece of advice yeah that was her speaking to you directly not, not to the podcast Douglas <laughs> no, uh, yeah I actually picked that up Denzel I don't know what she's setting me up for here but <laughs> well I, she told me and, I, and it's going to be awful so just don't you, <laughs> not at all she's not going to tell you it's after Christmas <laughs> but, but I think I think that's the worst news for you ever is you might have to write a lot of books. Yeah. <laughs> Which yeah. I know will be a huge strain on you. And, well, we'll go into that soon. That's what you wanted, anymore. Douglas. Yeah. That's what you wanted. You wanted to write a lot of books. And now, and now he's going to. Oh, no, I think, I think what I said is I want to make a lot of money. Uh, ah, so I, I didn't okay. want to do that by writing a lot of books, but that, never mind. Uh, what, oh, well, what, I mean, one out of two is bad. Hmm. And there we have Douglas's work ethic, uh, you know, <laughs> summed up in only a few words. Now, Joe, jo, so you've told us what you're looking for from from um, putative writers, but what really pisses you off? And you must you must get some, um, you know, submissions that you think, oh, you're turned off. Apart from the getting the name wrong thing. Um. I don't, I don't know that there's anything that really um, kind of gets me because, and I, I hope this doesn't t sound too soppy, but um, every time a submission comes in, I, I instantly think what that person has gone through to, to send that, that email and press that button. So, you know, not only have they, as we've said, you know, written the book, which could have taken them years to do, but they've then, you know, done the research. They then got the courage up to be able to kind of actually send the email um, and, and 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 share their words, which you know, with the world, which I think is 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 also a huge thing. So there's nothing that necessarily really gets me because in the back of my mind, I'm always thinking about that. You know, this person has gone through such a kind of journey and a tougher journey. I said that a few times, sorry, um, but such a tough time to 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 the, get to this point but actually I mm. I do you know we have somebody that reads our submission box or as um, Sarah and she um, then sends on um, the submissions that she thinks that we would the various agents in the agency would be interested in um, so somebody's already cast an eye on that so she's she's done that and she's picked out those key kind of markers that we've, that we've yeah. talked about and, and the things that she's, she also knows what books, you know, what authors I've worked with in the past and what books I like and what I'm looking for. So she's, she's kind of got the first eye over it. So by the time I get a submission, it's probably something that I'm kind of keen on anyway. Um, it's just whether the writing connects to me or not with me or not. So there's not, there's not really anything that kind of really gets me, down or pisses me off 
Right. Sorry, I'm but afraid to say. You must be the only person in the world or something. I mean, I'm like that all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I wish I was like you. Douglas is no, completely... you know, when, when the dishwasher's not stacked the right way, that, that's annoying. But that, you is, know. That, re- that really is a first world problem, isn't it? Yeah, it is, <laughs> when isn't the, it? When the dishwasher's not stacked. That's what, that's what life's like down in the South Coast, Douglas. Eh? No, I know. It's a hard oh, life. Man. Look at us. They're roughing it down there. I mean, we're, as, we, as we speak, we're speaking to, to Douglas, who has a blanket over his knees. Yes. Because we're up it's like cold up again. In, yeah, we're up here in the frozen north. The frozen north. We're waiting for the wall to break and the white walkers to arrive at any minute. <laughs> and, and is that not to protect you from your cat as well, though? Yes, it is. You you yeah. know fine well, Joe, why I'm wearing this. Because Tom has a habit of ambushing me and leaping on top of my my, my, my knees. And I've been on, to, just to explain to, to, to the listener, because, she, you know, she, she's a nice person and she might not understand. But um, Tom tends to sort of suddenly jump onto my lap. And I've been on phone calls with Joe and I've suddenly went, oh, yeah. Yes, and we, and we talked about Mickey being a dog rather than a human, but uh, Tom is yes. actually a man. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I wish he would stop doing that. I don't know why he does it, Douglas. It's, I I mean, when we did the Ian Rankin podcast and Tom jumped on you just right in the middle of that, yeah. my goodness, it was embarrassing. It took a lot, lot of editing to get that right. <laughs> <laughs> Listeners. Anyhow, so that's, that's your business side, Joe. Mm-hmm. What do you, I I know what you do to relax, but tell the listeners. I know you take lovely walks along the beach with your lovely dog Reggie. I certainly and, do. And you also go swimming, don't you? Well, this is the first year or winter that I'm trying winter swimming because um, I'm literally kind of ten minutes from the beach. So um, I thought, oh, I might give it a go. And then I also was looking around and I was seeing. A lot of people that were, you know, my age or actually a bit older, giving it a go. And I thought, oh, that's exciting. Why don't I give it a try? Um, Mm. And also from walking the dog, I'd then be down on the beach. I'd then be chatting to people as they were kind of shivering and coming out of the sea and popping on their big dry robes and having a cup of coffee and just kind of, you know, loving life. So I thought, oh, I might give that a try myself. So, yes, I went in on Saturday, but I haven't been in since Saturday. And it was... Yeah, it was bloody cold. <laughs> Do you have a wetsuit? <laughs> oh God, no, no, I can't. I can't cope with getting my body in a wetsuit. I think that would that would send me over the edge. So I just have like a long sleeve swimming costume top, and um, in I go. And I have shoes and I have gloves. Mm-hmm. Um, and in I go. And I don't have a hat because I've got quite a lot of hair. So yes. um, a, quite a lot of some of the people I swim with they have hats to keep their heat in but I think my hair does the job it fine so um yeah and then the minute you get out you just kind of I have got one of these things called a a dry robe I'm sure other robes are available um Mm -hmm. but that just you just pop that on straight away and that just keeps you super cozy um and then yeah, yeah that's it well, I know my friends friends of mine do a big swim in Campbellton Loch every New Year's Day. Oh, lovely. It's called the, the Big Dip. And then they go, um, no matter what state they've been in, just a few hours prior to that. And I think <laughs> I think probably that does them that 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 helps them in the morning in the New Year's Day morning dip because they're all yeah. pissed out there. 
noggins. But you, are you, someone you should attend. It would be good to see you in, in Campbellton Walk on New Year's Day one of these days. You know, I'd love that. I think that would be brilliant. I think I, I think I would do it as well. I'm sure you would. And I'll tell you something the listener won't know is that there is something connects Joe Douglas and I that apart from Joe being our agent, there's something else. Do you know what it is, Douglas? Absolutely no idea. Yeah, there's the, there's the answer we expect from Douglas. Yeah. I've absolutely no <laughs> I've gone into that again, Dougs. I know. <laughs> You're going to have to get treatment for that. You really are. I don't don't know why I'm doing it. I don't know. Honestly, it's just a mystery. But we all have our roots in Kintyre. Oh, yes. Joe has Mm -hmm. roots in Campbelltown, don't you, Joe? I do indeed. Yes, my grandfather. And Douglas has roots on Gia, don't you, Douglas? Yep, my grandmother. And (laughs) I have roots in Hanish. My granny. My goodness. Maggie McMillan, there you are, a name to conjure with. It's a small world. It's a yes, small world, but I wouldn't That's like to That's a great connection. It. Yep. it is indeed. Well, we're, we're running, we're starting to run a low on time, Joe, and you've been mm-hmm. very kind. I'm sure people were very interested in what you've said. Tell us, what are you reading this festive season? Do you know what? I'm, I, am, I am reading um, Richard Osmond. Because I haven't read it yet, and everybody in the universe has read it, um, so I'm I'm joining the the gang, and I'm going to plug into that. And my <laughs> favorite, my favorite, his was a long haired lover from Liverpool. I think yeah. it was a wonderful. <laughs> yeah, I, I liked Crazy Horses. That that was my favorite. Well, you would, yeah, you you would like Crazy Horses. Mm-hmm. And you, is, is it a big family? Douglas, no, do you have a question? You answer. Ask, ask a question, Douglas. Come on, quick. No, no, on you go. You know, obviously, you had a question to ask. You go ahead. Well, yours would just be silly anyway. Yes. Um, is it a big family Christmas, Joe? And, and I know that things are different. I mean, goodness knows where Boris is going at the moment. We don't know. We could all end up in the cellar. Uh, <laughs> what, what have you got planned over the Christmas period for, apart from a lot of gin? Yes. Well, um, yeah, gin first, always. Um, And then, um, yes, hopefully it is a big family Christmas. So we're going Mm. to my brother and sister-in-law's on Christmas Day and then my sister and brother-in-law's on Boxing Day. All family get together and we're all super excited because obviously last year we didn't didn't get to see everybody last Christmas because of um, lockdown. So, yes, we're all... We're all super excited. And I think I'm bringing the lemon meringue pie. Oh, my say. Is that, is that a South Coast tradition? No, it's just um, we have a lovely bakery that's not far from us. And um, my sister-in-law has allergies. And the only thing she can eat is, oh. well, one of the only desserts she can eat is a lemon meringue pie. So I just bring that and it is delicious. So, yeah, that's that's it. That's all I'm doing this year. It'll be haggis <laughs> for us as usual. Douglas, a question? Um, no, my sorry. I was uh, I was trying to think there. Christmas, Christmas. What's that? I, I, Christmas has kind of crept up in me this year because <clears throat> Joe's been cracking the whip over things. Um, so <laughs> I, I have a timetable. You know, I have a timetable. <laughs> We've diarised. <laughs> I can I can hear music. So can yes. I. It's when you wish upon a star. 
<laughs> and of course, we know because Jo has had a mini version of Disneyland built in her sumptuous quarters on the south coast of England. And every time somebody walks past, this song comes on. <laughs> and it's lovely. Isn't it, Douglas? Yes, it is. Actually, actually we- Doug- Douglas had submitted a book to Joe, and, and he was worried what she would think. And I said, well, I did talk to her. And she says, yeah, I've just read Douglas's book. It's lovely. It's fabby. <laughs> and, and, you know, I just, I tell you, what, what do you think of it, says I. And she says, well, I've got to tell you, I think it's absolutely, and she just walked into the garden and it was, when you <laughs> And so we never found out what exactly no thought of Douglas's book. But we can only imagine it was the usual things that people think about Douglas's book. Denzel, we've updated the music in the Mickey garden now. Oh, have you? Um, because it's Christmas. So we've got the, the Disney-themed Christmas um, music oh, going on. See. That yeah. is fabulous, Joe. I mean, I, I can't, I can't wait to, to visit. Don't, don't let Douglas visit because, <laughs> you know, if you've ever had Douglas in your house, there's, there's actually video evidence of this of him in my house a couple of Christmases ago, and my goodness, it wasn't good. It wasn't. <laughs> Do you remember that, Dougs? Uh, no. <laughs> no, I'm not surprised. He was absolutely probably better as, that way. He was as drunk as a lord. Uh-huh. Drunk as so. You, you just walk out in there to a magical Christmas in your back garden. Thank you. And you too, too. And thank yep. you for having me on Spooks. No, and, and thank you for coming on and talking to your, your favourite client and Denzel. Um, <laughs> oh, I can see you getting the... Dis- you know that thing, that no thing that Joe was telling you about earlier? I can see you experiencing that very shortly. <laughs> oh, yes, I can see it all. Joe, thank you so much. And have a lovely Christmas and the best to all your family. And thank you so much for, for spending time on, on our chaotic, if somewhat successful podcast. Thank you very much, too. Thanks, Happy George. Christmas. You too. Happy Christmas. Cheers. Bye. 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 And there we are <laughs> with the final bye uh, from uh, whoever it was. I think that was actually Denzel, believe it or not. So... <laughs> Oh, there we are. There's Mickey chiming in as well. So, um, (laughs) he's throwing me now. That's it, folks, for this edition of Spooks. And in fact, 2021. I hope you've enjoyed uh, the, uh, the occasional shows that we've had during this year. Staggered, I think, is the, is the phrase that, that I should use, uh, given Denzel's love of port. Um, and I hope that you'll tune in to any that we do in 2022. It only remains for me to wish you a very, very Merry Christmas. And I hope you have a fabulous New Year. My name is Douglas Skelton. You have been listening to Spooks, S-B-O-O-K-S. And it was a Houses of Steel production. Spooks.